We're starting a new series this morning, series of messages, um, and the title to the series of messages, if you probably saw it on your guide, it's called Some Assembly Required. So this, this series of messages is going to be all about the family, the structure of the family, the roles inside of the family, how the family was meant to be built under God, the role of a husband and a father, the role of a wife and a mother, the role of a child. What the, the, y'all know children have roles in the family? And what their role is, I bet most people have not taught their children their roles. And so this month is going to be all all about setting up the structure of what it looks like to be the husband and the father that God's called me to be. What it looks like to be the, the wife and the mother that God's called me to be. What are my roles? What is my job description from God? What does it look like to be the kid? Before I get married, the kid that, call, that God's called me to be, what does that look like for me? That's what we're talking about. Every week of this series, we're going to give you practical pieces um, that you can take and you can practice at home on the, back of your, on the back of your guide. You're going to be able to see your instructions, your practical pieces to, uh, uh, to help you. The goal of this series is to structure our homes the way that God intended us to structure our homes. And then for God to strengthen our families and our marriages. Here's the reality, y'all. If you've been here at any, in, in, at any time, any, any little bit, you know Satan has been attacking the families in our church. He's been attacking the marriages in our church. He's been attacking the whole structure of the family in our church. And my guess is probably not just our church. He's probably been after the family all over. Amen. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to dig into this. And I believe on November the 28th, as we put all these pieces into play, these practical pieces into play, we put in the work practically. I believe God's going to put in the work spiritually. And on the 28th, we're going to see divine miracles take place for our families. Can anybody believe that? Amen. Amen. So y'all know this is Clawson, so we got to have fun. Amen. One thing about Clawson, if you don't like fun, you're not going to like church here. So we got to have a little bit of fun. This series is called Some Assembly Required, and I have a game. So Keith, I need you and your family to come right up here. Um, Philip, my boy, I need you and your family to come right up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, here's what we're going to do, y'all. Some Assembly Required. Okay, any of y'all ever bought a tricycle? Any of y'all ever try to put together a tricycle? Uh huh. Three of y'all, if lately, because it's the devil to try to put together a tricycle. Uh huh. The spirit of Satan comes out when you try to put together a tricycle. So here's what we're gonna do, y'all, to have some fun. Y'all listen up. Hey, listen to the rules. Okay, to have some fun. Yeah. Any of your family can come. Blanca, you're you're being called. Everybody say, go, Blanca. Okay, so here's, for the next three weeks, they are going to have two and a half minutes every service to do as much as they can on this, on this tricycle. And the family that beats, they're in competition. The family that beats the other family on November the 28th, that morning, right after we do baptisms and everything, that family is going to get a hundred bucks to go on a, a, a cool family outing together, do some dinner and things like that. You're going to get a basket of games so that you can have a game night. So whatever family wins, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. But all of your tools are right behind. 
okay? However you do it, whoever's putting it together, all that is completely up to you. You have two and a half minutes. I need a counter going up. You have two and a half minutes to do as much as you can. And after the two and a half minutes, you're done for the day. How many of y'all think Philip and his family is going to win? Oh, come on. Listen, I need you guys to be on their team, okay? How many of y'all think Philip's going to win? That means you guys got to be for this. Okay. How many of y'all think Keith is going to win? All right, here we go. You have two and a half minutes. I put the instructions at the very top. Two and a half minutes on your mark. Get set. Go. Fill up, fill up, fill up. Key, key, key. All right, we have a minute and a half left. Minute and a half left. We got sixty seconds. church family get ready to help me out once we say zero they're done 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 hands off the tricycles give it up for them this morning all right you guys can go have a seat thank you so much next week you can work on it again First, nobody's done. I still see missing pieces, and it's got to be put together right. So you got, that's the hook. <laughs> Never mind, I'm going to leave that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, give it up for them one more time. Awesome. So next week, I feel like they can get done next week. Next week, we are going to see who wins the race and building the tricycles. Okay, listen. Anybody ever buy your child a toy, or maybe you buy a piece of furniture? Uh, you buy something. And on the box, what's written on the box is something like some assembly required or assembly required. And so you're like, you know what, eh, I got this. I, I, I did this one time on a, uh, 
a whole entire uh, playground for my kids. Yo, I wound up paying somebody to do the playground. You know why? Here's what happens. You get in your mindset like, I got this. I can do this. I can follow the instructions. And so what you do is you buy the thing and then you get it home and you begin to put it together. Anybody? And then as you begin to put it together, you, you put it together wrong. So then you pull it all back apart and then you lost a couple pieces. And so you start to put it together and again and you just can't figure it out. So after about two hours of trying to assemble the stupid toy that you bought for Christmas, what happens is you get frustrated and you just think about pouring gasoline all over the thing and lighting it on fire. Or that thought comes to mind, I'm just going to rip this thing back to pieces, throw it in the box and go get a refund. Amen. That's what we do. I, y'all, some of y'all lying this morning. I know that more than just me have thought that. Maybe not the gasoline part, but definitely taking it back. Listen, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but you ever think that maybe that's some of the thoughts and the feelings that we have when we're trying to put together our families? Think about, think about this with me. Any of y'all married? Y'all got kids? You know what happens when you get married? You're like, I got this. I can get married. I can do this. I can have kids. Other people did it. I can do it. And so what happens is we get married or we, we, we have kids. And what we do is we try to follow the instructions on how to have a healthy marriage and have a good marriage. Or we try to follow the instructions of how to raise your children the right way. And as we begin to put it together, I hope that we don't think about pouring gasoline on them and lighting them on fire. But sometimes we may think about taking them back or at least selling them off to the highest bidder. You know why that typically happens? She said, amen. Man, that's my little girl right there. I love that. You know what typically happens and why we get that frustration? Listen to me this morning, because I believe that if you will get this, this will be so good for our families. Here's what happens. Just like this toy has these instructions. And this toy is only designed to be built one specific way. And when we don't build it the way the instructions tell us to build it, then something's going to happen wrong. It's going to work improperly or not function correctly. Something's not going to, or you're going to be riding down the road and the wheel's going to fall off. Something's not going to happen the right way. Just like if we do not take the instructions that God has given us, and if we don't assemble the family the way that he's called us and told us to assemble the family, then here's what I can promise you. Just like something's going to go wrong with that tricycle, you're going to build your family wrong, and then you're going to wonder why there's so many problems. There's already enough problems with a marriage and a family. Amen? Some of y'all lying about being married. There's already enough problems. So building the family the way that God has orchestrated us and called us and told us to build the family is so, so important. Listen to me this morning. The vast majority of households have abandoned these instructions and decided to make up their own instructions like we do a lot of times. Dad, dads do a lot of times with building toys and then we just take the extra parts and throw them off like nobody knew we built it wrong. <laughs> and then everybody's wondering what happened when the toy falls apart. Listen, it's the exact same thing with our family. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to me, church family. The divorce rate right now is ridiculous. 
Nobody want to amen that? Fatherless homes and the amount of fatherless homes is absolutely ridiculous. The way that parents are getting confused in their roles is, is backwards and honestly, it's ridiculous. And the way that parents are bringing up their kids is backwards and it is ridiculous. So this month, we're gonna learn what in each of our families we need to assemble and how to assemble this thing the way that God has called us to. Somebody say amen. amen. And here's what I wanna challenge you with. If you begin to see and you begin to understand that you have put together your family incorrectly. I just touched it. If you begin to see, man, that was perfect. Thank you, Lord. And you understand that you put your family together incorrectly. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. This is hard, y'all. You need to back up. And you need to take apart and disassemble the things that you've made errors on. And you need to go back and piece it back together the right way. Amen. And when we can do that, I'm going to leave that over there. When we can do that, then we can have a finished product that's not going to fall apart when you barely touch it. Listen, the idea for this series I actually got from a, a picture that I saw on Facebook. That's kind of dangerous. I got from a picture that I saw on Facebook. And I want to ask Andrew or whoever's running the computer to put that picture up real quick. And I want to share with you what this week, what this month is going to look like. So I saw this and it just spoke so much to me about how the structure of the family should look. Okay, so here is how God has put together, and we're going to read it in the Bible in just a moment. Here how God has put together and structured our family. Okay, very first we have Christ. Christ has got to be number one. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that I necessarily put him as number one in the family. That means he is number one in everything in the family. I don't just put Christ up there and then just leave him up there. I put Christ in how we parent. I put Christ in how my marriage is. I put Christ in every single part, every single piece. He is that blanket of covering over the family if we put him in the right way. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. But then underneath Christ, we have the husband. He is the next. The Bible talks about the husband being the spiritual leader of the home. Some husbands need to step up and lead. How come it was only ladies that amen that? So we have the husband. The husband's role is to protect, to lead, and to provide for the family. Then under the husband, we have the wife. And the wife's role, and the wife, her, her, her role is to be the helper for the husband. I didn't have ladies or men say amen on that one. Listen, my role, I'm not a wife, never mind. My wife's role as a wife is not to overthrow her husband. My wife's role is to help me as I lead. And the way that she does that is by, by offering in the home comfort, teaching, and nurture. My mom was perfect, but she's like the example of what, it was, what, what, what a godly wife looks like. And then underneath the wife, you have the children. Everybody say, amen. amen. And the children's role, y'all need to hear this as a teenager, is to love and obey. Could all the parents yell obey? obey. Love and obey your parents. Listen, y'all, I got to tell you, youth, listen to me. 
Any of y'all, your parents ever make any bad decisions? Really? Listen to me, y'all. It's hard to be a parent. And you need to have grace with your parents. And I know that a lot of times what goes on in the minds of young people is my mom and dad don't deserve for me to obey them. And can I just tell you, it doesn't matter because I don't deserve for Jesus to forgive me. And I don't deserve what I, all the beautiful things that I get from God. Amen. But your job and your role is to obey and to love your parents. And I'm, I'm jumping off a little early on this, but it's hard, y'all. I got four kids. It ain't easy. I don't always make the right decisions, and I don't say that I do. But I thank God that my kids have grace with me. I don't know that they always obey me. I'm sure that they don't. But for the most part, they're pretty good kids. This umbrella of protection, this is what we're talking about. And we find these roles. We find what I saw on Facebook is actually in the Bible. And so I want you, if you have your Bible, to jump with me to Colossians chapter 3. I actually taught about Colossians last week in Sunday school. I absolutely love the book of Colossians, my favorite book in the Bible. Colossians chapter three has got my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. And so we're gonna dive into this. This is probably the best example of the biblical umbrella. And here's what it says in Colossians chapter three. I'm gonna read verses 18 through 22. It says, wives, everybody say wives. wives. Submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Oh, snap. Bible doesn't say, oh, snap. That was me. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Sometimes I think husbands don't understand why the wives don't submit to the husbands. Thank you. But I think if we get down to the... Let's get down to the nitty gritty. I think if we get down to the nitty gritty, do the husbands always do our job correctly? Any of y'all ever treat your, your wives a little harshly? Listen, it's a two-way thing here. Okay, let's dive down into this. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Verse 20, children, always. Obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything that you do. So this, this section of scripture in our Bible, in my Bible, it's titled Instructions for Christian Households. Okay, so this is not instructions for pagan households. Amen? A pagan household is not going to put Jesus as their number one thing in their home. This is instructions for Christian homes. And so if you are classifying yourself as a Christian home and someone that is a Christian, these are instructions for how to structure your family. I don't know if you noticed, but in this, we didn't see anything about Christ except for husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Okay, we didn't see anything about Christ. So I wanna back up because the, the first piece that we need to talk about before we talk about husbands, wives, and, and children is we need to talk about Christ being that blanket, being that umbrella of protection over the family. Because before he ever digs, y'all, we're in verse 18 here. Before he ever gets to verse 18, he talks a whole lot about Christ. So if you have your Bibles, turn to verse 11 with me. Verse 11 says, in this new life, 
It doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, uncircumcised or uncircumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Okay, that's like seven scriptures before. I talked about this last week a lot in Sunday school because I think churches and families and people get way thrown off of this scripture. Okay, this scripture is what matters. Amen? I think a lot of times we make everything else matter before we make Christ matter. Are, are, are we doing this? Or are they, you know... They, Christ is the number one thing that has to matter in our church and in our home and in our lives. He even says here, it doesn't matter if you're barbaric, if you're uncircumcised, if you're circumcised, if you're a slave, if you're free. What matters? Y'all help me out. Christ is all that matters. I believe if the church world could just take that scripture and implement that one scripture in your life, in our lives, it would change the world around us. Get our focus off of what our focus does not need to be on and get our focus on putting Christ as the number one thing in our lives. So then we jump down to verses 16 and 17. He just said in this life, in this new life, and this is Paul and he's writing to a group of, of, um, of Greek believers. But so they have this new life in Christ because they were not Jews. This is brand spanking new. He says to them in this new life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. They got all these arguments going on. Stop focusing on stupid stuff. Those things don't matter. Here's what matters. Christ is what matters and he lives in all of us. Then we get down to verse 16. And he says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom that he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And I love this scripture. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, Amen. giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. He laser focuses this scripture on Christ right before he gives the roles of the husband, the wife, and the kids. Laser focuses us. And what does he say? Whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. What is he saying? Here's what he's saying. Before you ever think about your role as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a child, you need to know Christ is all that matters. And whatever you do, he has to be number one. He has to be first. He has to be the focus in my life, in my marriage, and in my family. And if anything else has the focus, then I'm thrown off. Amen? My family is thrown off. Okay, so because the umbrella, uh, uh, the umbrella of protection absolutely cannot work if Christ is not at the top of the umbrella. So often families are out of order. Amen? Because they don't want to put Christ at the top. Men, can I ask you a question? Why would your wife ever want to submit to you if you don't love her right? If you don't serve her right? Ladies, why would your, would your husband want to serve you if you don't submit the way that you're supposed to? We, we hate that word. But it's the truth. It's how God put it in place. In our families, we have got to collectively decide, I'm accepting my role as my role, everybody else's role as their role, and I'm putting Christ at the very top. That is how we build the family. Somebody say amen. 
Okay, so um, uh, we see this take place with Joshua in the Bible. Um, this is, is, I love Joshua because my name's Joshua. But when you, when you dig into Joshua, what's happening at this time is um, Israel is torn. You got half of Israel, more than half of Israel that's not serving the Lord at all. They're, they're worshiping and serving other gods and they're turning. And so Joshua has this time where he gathers all of Israel together. And this is what he says to them. If you refuse to serve the Lord, choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer to serve the God of your, the, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, another version says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I love the stance that he takes here. I don't care what you decide because your family is going to take the replications of what you decide. But I want you to know what I'm deciding. What I'm deciding is as for me and my house, as for me and my marriage, as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So each week you're getting instructions to assemble your family the way that you're supposed to. And this week's instructions are all about putting Christ first. So I want to go over them with you. Today's instructions for assembly. Number one, and I'm going to use Joshua's phrase, as for us in our house, we make time for God above all else. How do I put God first, Christ first? If I don't give him time, I cannot, I cannot even act like he's first. So as for us in our house, we make time for God above all else. Y'all, can I just say everything in this world is fighting for our time. It's the busiest the world has ever been. And you can be as busy, you could literally spend 24 hours a day on your phone. Everything is fighting for your time. Netflix is fighting for your time. Facebook is fighting for your time. Your kids is fighting for your time. Sports and hobbies and fishing and hunting. I could just keep going on for days and days and days, but everything in our world is fighting for our time. And if we are gonna be the people and the families that put God first, we have got to take the time to put God on our calendar and in our schedule. Because if we don't put him in our schedule, he's not gonna be first. Listen, and this is in all parts of your life, in your private life. You have got to take the time to privately go before God in his throne by yourself and build your relationship with Jesus. There's no point in meeting with me and my family to talk about Jesus if I don't even have a relationship and I'm not building personally my relationship with Christ. So I've got to have my private time. Every single day, I meet with a couple of guys here at the church we pray at 5.30 in the morning at six o'clock. I have my private time. I kick them out of my office and we, I have my private time with Jesus. And then I begin to work on studying for sermons and different things. But every day I gotta have my private time. Can I tell you how important my private time is? Listen to me. I have days every now and then that I skip. Really? Y'all can't back me up? Thank you, three of you. Every now and then I'll sleep in Friday. Oh, Jason, Mike, is he here? Yep, he's here. Friday, Jason came and prayed by himself. You know why? I guess I forgot to set my alarm. It didn't go off. I don't know. But you know how effective, listen to this, so important. You know how effective my private time is? 
my wife will literally come up to me in the day, most of the time, when I didn't have private time in the morning with God, when I got up late and rushed the day, and she'll say, you didn't spend time with Jesus today. What you talking about? How you know that? I can see it all over you. Listen to me. I'm not kidding. I didn't tell her I slept later. I didn't tell her that I didn't spend private time or that I was too busy in my mind to spend time with Jesus. But she can literally feel on me that I did not because there's something that happens when I spend time with Jesus. He grows me. He prepares me for the day. He moves me forward. And if I'm not doing that, you would be shocked at who is noticing. But it's not just my private time, y'all. I need family time. You know why I need family time with God? Let me share with you why I need family time. Because it's just not my relationship with Jesus that I'm responsible for. I have children. And if I want my children to know God and to love God, I need to show them what it looks like to have time with God. So I don't just need private time with Jesus. I need to take my family and we need to dig into the scriptures and we need to watch the chosen and we need, to, we need to talk about everything that God's done in our family and how powerful he's been and, and what it looks like. I, y'all, it was crazy this week. It hit me. We've been tithing our entire Christian life. Well, eh, after the first year of being a Christian, we started tithing and we've been tithing ever since the first year of being a Christian. So I was 20 years old when I started tithing. My kids are 16, 15, 14. Two of them have, now have jobs. And we've always talked about tithing, but I've never actually had this conversation like, hey guys, are you tithing? And so this week, uh, or maybe it was last week, it was very, uh, uh, I took my kids and I said, hey, look, this is important, y'all. If I'm not instructing and training my kids, the world is. And I said to them, I want to show you how much we write for our tithe check. And then I want to show you how much we write for our giving check. And, and I want to tell you why we can afford to write that much in, in our tithe and our giving check because God has blessed us so much. That's how we can afford that. And if you want God to bless you, boys, you really need to give your tithes. And if you don't give your tithes, then don't get ticked off when you're not having financial issues. Amen? Why? Because God says in Malachi, when I'm not giving him my tithes, then I'm robbing him. And if I'm robbing God, I can't expect financial blessings from him. Y'all, that's it's getting deep. That was from kids. We have to train up our children. We got to make time for God. Make time to talk to our kids about the things of God, about what's important to God, and, and have that time. And then thirdly, so we got our private time. We got our family time. And then we need our public time where we meet with God's people together in public. Listen, can I be bold? Thank you, Evan. Got my one man. <laughs> Church should never be an option for a family that loves God. My kids should not even walk up to me and say, hey, are we going to church today? What do you mean, hey, are we going? Yeah, we're going to church. You know why we're going to church? Because the Bible says that let's not neglect us meeting together. And when we meet together, God shows up. His spirit shows up. We grow and we move forward as a family together. The kids are getting what they need from, from, from the message. You guys are getting what you need. That fellowship, that public time. I got to make time for God privately. I got to make time for God with my family. And I got to make time for God publicly. 
And when I do that with my family, I believe that God blesses your family for it. Number two in your notes, y'all, this is a hard one. Did I have a water? Did I lose a water? There it is. Number two in your notes. And this one's more for the Clawson family because probably no other pastor would put this in your notes. In our house, we aren't afraid to ask questions. We aren't afraid to ask questions. I want to read you something that Paul said. Ephesians chapter six and verse four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Y'all, in our house, we have a pretty dangerous policy. And the policy is because at our church, we have a value that we're dangerously authentic. It's the same thing at my house. You can literally ask mom and dad any question that you want. If you ask it the proper way in the private of our room or whatever, then um, I will give you the answer to whatever question. If I don't know the answer, I'll find the answer. I will literally give you the answer to every, the instruction, the guidance to every question that you ask me, uh, whether that's with sex, whether that's, I want to know if my kids are doubting God. I'm their pastor. They should not feel ashamed if they doubt God. When I was a kid, I doubted God. I doubted his existence. I don't want them to not be able to come talk to me about that. I want them to ask me questions about sexual things and purity. I don't want them to get that from the world. I want them to ask me questions about if they're doubting God or, or their relationships or their faith or depression or suicide or homosexuality or fornication or drugs. We need to be the ones that are training up our kids. Paul said, discipline and instruct the kids in the way of the Lord. If I can't have a safe place for my kids to come and ask me those questions, then they're going to get their discipline and instruction from the world. That is scary. That is dangerous. We have to build cultures in our home that you can ask questions. Y'all, my kids have asked me questions that have made me blush. I'm not going to lie to you. They've asked, I had to look up some of the questions, sexual types of questions. I had to look up, but I told them, if you ask me, I'll give you the answer. I want to tell them. I want to lead them. I don't want them asking some idiot and him telling them. So I have to build a culture in my home, y'all. I have to build a culture that says, we are open. You can come to me. We can talk about this. I'm not going to judge you for doubting the existence of God. I'm not going to judge you because you have these questions about sexuality or whatever it is. I need to be able to talk to them and instruct them in the way of the world. I'm not telling you to give and, and make them feel if they got crazy sexual questions to make them feel like we stand on the word. We instruct in the word. And we take the word and we build how we instruct in our family on the word. But what I'm saying is, I, if, if, you know, I know so many families, if they were to go and tell their dad questions that they had, he would rip them to pieces. That is not healthy. How can you ever expect your children to trust you if they can't come and they can't talk to you? In our family, in our house, it has, we are not afraid to ask questions. Somebody say amen. amen. We got to learn to have open and honest environments. Amen. Number three, as for our house, we serve together. Amen. Now I read this scripture 
just a few minutes ago, but I want to go back to it. So Joshua was standing in the middle of Israel. There's a whole lot of conflict going on in Israel. He's standing in the middle of Israel. He's trying to lead them and guide them the right way. And he says, as for me and my house, we will, help me out. We will serve the Lord. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, I will serve the Lord. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think so many times what we do a lot of times, listen to me, y'all, is we take off serving the Lord and we leave our families behind. Oh, I got this ministry that God's called me to do and, and, and we take off and we leave our families behind in the wind. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you want your kids to serve the Lord, you bring them to serve the Lord with you. That's what that looks like. And then that's what I love about our church is we offer so many different ways where families of all ages can literally serve God together. I, I've heard so many times a family that prays together stays together. Why? I wrote this down. A family that serves together. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> well, never mind. I got nothing. <laughs> a family that serves together. Let me try to make something up on the spot. Listen, here at Clawson, I don't even know how to recoup from that. <laughs> we have got to make the work of the Lord a priority in our whole family. It's got to be a big deal to our whole family. And so if you're thinking, well, how could my whole family serve? Let me give you some pieces. Your whole family can serve boxing up boxes of food. Your whole family can serve when we give out food boxes. This Wednesday night, we're giving out food boxes. Your whole family can serve. My favorite one that serves, Luke, are you in here? Luke, stand up. Anybody that works food boxes knows that is literally the hardest worker in the whole food box ministry right there. That man moves all the boxes, he's sweeping, he tries to put up the tables by himself. I mean, that dude is a worker. Your whole family can work in serving food boxes, putting that together, visitation for bus routes, um, different outreaches, food on Thursdays, block parties, hell house, inviting families that you are close to to come to church. Listen, there are huge things at our church that your whole family can participate in and moms and dads, dad gummit, you have got to lead your kids to serve God. You've got to find a place where they can plug in and not just love Jesus, but serve Jesus. Amen. One way that you can do that is this big Christmas day that we're putting together. Y'all, the vision for this Christmas day is Clawson Christmas. And what we're going to do is we're going to have an entire caravan leave this place and go baptize our community in Christmas in Jesus. And your family can do that together. You can take your kids and you can go and you can give out Christmas that day, whether you sponsor or not. I'll sponsor one for you if you can't afford it. And you come take the present and go take it to the family and love on them and share with them Jesus. There's so many different ways, but somehow, some way, as a mom and a dad, you have got to figure out a way that we're serving God together so it's a priority to our kids. Amen. Number four, as for our house, we solve problems like Jesus. Y'all personally believe, goodness, I'm running out of time. 
I personally believe one of the biggest issues that we have in our culture is that when we have problems, we run around asking everybody else what I need to do about my problem. Mm-hmm. We don't even ask God. But he's not going to answer me anyway, right? We don't even give him a chance. We got this problem come up. First thing I do is I call my friend. Hey, man, what do you think I should do about this? Oh, God, I need my counselor. I need my therapist. I need the pastor to tell me what to do. And we call, we, we, we ask 27 different people what we should do. You know how many different results we get? 27 different results. Now you're more confused than when you asked everybody. Now I do want to say, if you got issues, deep issues, and you need a counselor, you need a therapist, they, if they're trained and they're great and they're godly, they're great people to go to. Here's my favorite one that we do, y'all. We take, we got problems going on in the family and we want other people to share with us what we need to do and we type it out on Facebook. Here's what's going on in my family. Can you believe my husband did this and my kids are the worst ever and da, 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 da. What do y'all think I should do about it? Can I just say, if you do that, that is stupid. There's no other way to put it. That's dumb. First of all, don't put your information on Facebook. Don't put your stuff about your husband and your kids on Facebook. You want to embarrass your children? Burn them up on Facebook. See how good they, see that they want to love you and obey you after you do something like that. Don't do that. That's destructive to your family. That's not, even if you get some kind of good advice, you don't ruin whatever advice you get from what you did on Facebook. Some of y'all just need to delete Facebook. So here's what we do. We solve problems like Jesus did, y'all. How did Jesus solve problems? Number one, he went to God first. Over and over and over and over again, you see Jesus taking off and going to spend time with God, going to get guidance, going to get direction. It says that he doesn't say anything that the Father didn't already speak to him. The Spirit doesn't say anything that God is not already speaking to him. The Father's not spoken to him. He got his wisdom and his guidance from God. Pray about it first. Amen. Number two, y'all, do you know that 90% of the issues that we got, we can get the answer here? I mean, I don't know. That's not a real statistic, but probably 90%. Now, there is 10% that it's hard to know because it's not written out in the Bible. But most of it, we could get our answers simply by going to the Bible. Amen. Number three, Use grace and love and forgiveness. Man, y'all, you know what Jesus was full of? Grace and love and forgiveness. And so many times parents forget or friends forget or bosses forget or employees forget that we're supposed to be full of grace and love and forgiveness. And when issues come up, Something happens and we just leave the grace and the love forgiveness on the ground and we take off with hate and stupidity. So how do we handle our issues? We go to God. We open the Bible. We handle our issues with our children, with our friends, with our coworkers, with grace and forgiveness and love. And then if you gotta get advice from somebody else, you better make sure you're getting godly advice from godly people. So as for us in our house, we make time for God above all else. We aren't afraid to ask questions. We serve together. We solve problems like Jesus. 
Number five, we stick to our roles. Now, I thought it was really important to put this in this message because what's gonna happen is the more that we dig into the roles throughout this month, there's gonna be a temptation for you to take somebody else's role and put it under your job description. And so you need to go ahead and begin to implement and apply in your life. I ain't taking Jesus's role. I ain't taking my husband's role. I ain't taking my wife's role. I'm taking my role. Amen? Amen. So to recap, what we're learning this morning in every single family in this room, there's assembly that has got to be required that we have to put together in order to structure the family the way that God has ordained it to be structured. For the next few weeks, we're gonna be digging into that on Miracle Night. We're gonna receive some beautiful things, healings, things for the family. And I'm believing God's gonna bring restoration in tons and tons of marriages and tons of families. You got to believe that too, though. Amen? Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, would you come and join me on the stage? Every head bowed and every head closed. As for me and my house, we make time for God above everything else. We aren't afraid to ask questions, we serve together. We solve problems like Jesus, and we stick to our roles. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Altar team, would you come and join me up at the front? Listen, there's a couple of different responses I'm going to ask you to respond with. First of all, I'm going to stand here real quick and give you the Joshua speech. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And I believe that there are families in this room that need to make that commitment this morning. Fathers, mothers in this room that need to make that commitment this morning. As for me and my house, it don't matter if Satan sends all hell against me. We are serving the Lord. We are giving time for God. We are asking the right questions. We are serving together. We are solving problems like Jesus. We are sticking to our roles with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you wanna make the commitment with your family, if you wanna see God move in your family, if you want God to do something new and strengthen and empower your family right now, you don't have to come to a prayer partner if you don't want to, but would you step out and come with your family down and make that commitment right now. If you say, I'm here, I wanna give my family completely to God. I wanna make that commitment right now. Come on, I wanna pray over our families. If you're here and you want God to do a work like he's, he needs to do, you want him to strengthen or, or restore your marriage, you want a supernatural work to take place, come on right now and I'm gonna pray for you. If you're here with your spouse, would you reach over and grab their hand? Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. Lord, I pray for every person. I pray for every couple. I pray for every family that's making the commitment this morning that we 
as for us in our house, we're serving God. As for us in our house, we're allowing God to be the one that leads and guides everything that we do. We're not being the head, but he is the head of our home. And we pray, God, for that umbrella of protection to be placed on our families right now in the name of Jesus. God, I just thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you, God, that you are preparing and getting ready to restore families, to restore marriages, to strengthen families, to strengthen marriages. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray your anointing and your presence on every family. Listen, we're going to sing a song. If you're down here with your family, I encourage you to lead your family in worship this morning. If you need prayer, Maybe it's not for family, but if you need prayer and you're here this morning and you want to come and get the prayer that you need, would you step out and come get the prayer that you need this morning? Let's sing this song together. Come on, church family.